You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, this week on the Paracast, we finally found a way to get J. Randall Murphy back on the show. When we had Bryce Sable last week, we couldn't connect three people. Now, maybe Skype decided that day that three was a crowd. I don't know. Ah, I don't know, Gene. That was weird. You know, we, you could get him on your end, and then I could get him, but and I could get you, and you could get me, but we couldn't all group connect for some unknown reason. And then the next day, everything was fine. But it was a really good show. I had to listen to it, and, uh, you know, I, I, I sat back, and I was like, what do you need me for? <laughs> you know, you did a really good job of that. Thank you. Yeah, I've known Bryce for a few years, and... We're both pop culture nuts, he being a producer and screenwriter, and I being a very would-be screenwriter as to the latter. But in any case, I think we had a great time there. We were talking very much about the possibility of disclosure and, of course, his friendship with Stanton Friedman. With his upcoming work, too, right? Sure. Oh, I did have some questions I really wanted to ask him, so we have to get him back before the end of the year again. We have to find a way to get that to work with all three of us online. So we have to see how that works. Our guest today, Lewis Proud, however, we got him to connect with both of us. Hello, Lewis. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show today. Now, before we get into the book and some other stuff I had here, how did you first get involved in writing books on these borderland subjects? Right. It really all started back in, um, it really sort of goes back to my sleep paralysis um, experiences. And I did write a book about this called Dark Intrusions. It was published back in 2009. So I was having quite frequent um, sleep paralysis episodes. This started sort of in my late teens, and then I started writing about it. Um, So pretty much up until my early to mid-20s, I had quite frequent sleep paralysis episodes. And for those of you who aren't you know, familiar with the condition, it's uh, basically sort of a twilight state of consciousness. It's between um, you find yourself uh, in that state of, of sort of y- your body is still asleep, but your mind is awake. And, uh, you know, you, you're basically still in sort of the REM dreaming state, although it certainly doesn't feel like it. You feel completely awake and alert. Um, and your body is, of course, paralyzed in that state to prevent you from acting out your dreams. So when you find yourself in this very strange state of consciousness, uh, all sorts of weird things can happen. You can uh, experience a whole range of you know, so-called hallucinations, which can be tactile. So sometimes you'll, you'll actually feel something touching you. Um, there's usually a sense presence as well, and it tends to be a malevolent presence. Uh, And also you can hear, in some cases, voices and that sort of thing. So um, I had quite a few of these episodes, and some of them were quite terrifying. Um, And it really did feel on a few occasions as though I was having, uh, you know, I mean, I described them as spirits, basically. It seemed as though I was uh, making contact with other beings, if you like. And, um, you know, I, I think it's also, it is hard to, even though these things are, these experiences are sort of dismissed as hallucinations, I think that there is a genuine uh, paranormal component to some of these experiences, and it certainly ties into a lot of other 
uh, paranormal phenomena as well. People who are in haunted houses, for example, describe a lot of the same things happening to them. And there can be all sorts of weird things that happen. Like, you know, for example, I remember experiences where uh, there was this uh, seemed to be like an evil presence at the foot of my bed. Uh, and it was basically kind of shaking the bed all night kind of thing. So uh, really creepy stuff. So I started to read a lot about paranormal uh, phenomena. And, uh, you know, the first books that I read would have been books by authors like Colin Wilson and, and John Keel. Uh, and then I decided to sort of delve uh, a little more into sleep paralysis. And um, although there is obviously a you know physio physiological component to it, there is also, I would say, a, a genuine paranormal component as well. Uh, and that's when I wrote that book, Dark Intrusions, an investigation into the paranormal nature of sleep paralysis experiences. And I've been writing about these uh, sorts of topics ever since. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about here, mm -hmm. so-called UFO abductions are often blamed as related to sleep paralysis. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I think that when people say that they have been, you know, abducted, you know, by aliens, I would say what's actually happening, and, and you know, John Keel talked about the same thing. He said that really they're going into a kind of a trance state. They're entering a sort of altered state of consciousness. Uh, and these experiences might be happening, you know, for example, on an astral level. I mean, that some people talk about sort of leaving their bodies and that sort of thing and then floating up into a spaceship. So it could be kind of an out-of-body experience, um, but I really don't think that they are, you know, physically being taken on board, you know, spaceships or anything like that. And I think it certainly does tie into sleep paralysis because, once again, it's got to do with that altered state of consciousness. And perhaps when people are in that altered state of consciousness, they do genuinely make contact, uh, you know, with other beings. Perhaps it's a way of, uh, you know, sort of exploring other dimensions and realities because when we're in that state, we're able to tune into different wavelengths of reality, uh, for example. That would be my take on, on alien abductions. Now, one of our frequent writers here, a guy who calls himself Red Pill Junkie, a very popular mm -hmm. blogger, he suggested, and he's not the only one, that yep. a near-death experience and a UFO abduction experience are related. Are they both right. related to sleep paralysis? Obviously, if you're clinically dead, that's another yep. thing. Right. Well, I mean, look, the, the sleep paralysis state is, is basically, it's kind of a gateway into you know, other realities. Sometimes people will have, um, you know, out-of-body experiences um, when they're in that sleep paralysis state. So it seems to kind of facilitate um, out-of-body experiences in some cases. So, you know, people will talk about, yeah, feeling that paralysis in their body. Uh, and then sometimes they'll feel like a sort of vibrational kind of sensation, these sort of waves or vibrations that move through their body. And then the astral body, as they describe it, seems to kind of detach from the physical body. So, and you know, Robert Munro talked a lot about this as well um, in his books on out of body experiences. The state of consciousness that he describes in those books sounds very much uh, like the sleep paralysis state. Um, you know, so so there's definitely an overlap there. Well, when we've got something like, say, lucid dreaming, mm. then the surroundings that we're in, the world that we're in, the yep. reality that we're in is mm -hmm. a subjective reality manufactured by your brain. 
A human mind is an incredibly powerful thing. And so, you know, yes, we could say, okay, well, you know, we are experiencing other realities, but Hmm. that's not the same as saying we're experiencing another objectively real reality. You know, it's our imaginations are wonderful things, but that doesn't necessarily Hmm. mean that, you know, those things that you see in there, if it were in our immediate yep. vicinity could be detected by say radar or hmm. uh, camera or something along the lines where it's able to record physical yeah. reality that's objective and separate from our minds. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, but there does seem to be a, I mean, even though people, you know, when people talk about their dreams, uh, et cetera, um, even though that that experience was unique to that person, um, you know we, we can't discount or discount the possibility that maybe they did visit some other kind of reality. I mean, we don't know exactly what happens uh, when a person is, for example, in the dream state. But when we come back to sleep paralysis, there does seem to be kind of a, a um, what people describe in the sleep paralysis state. There's a lot of consistency between these experiences. I suppose that's a very odd thing. Lewis Prouds joins us. His latest book is called Borderland Phenomena. With Gene Randall, you're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Lewis Proud joins us. He's getting used to our rhythm here, which is we have to do these breaks every 9 to 11 minutes. And sometimes we have to interrupt. But you can pick up where you left off. Lewis, go right ahead. Yeah, certainly. So I was just talking about sleep paralysis and how people describe experiencing the same thing uh, again and again. So there's all these consistencies between these experiences. Um, So even though sleep paralysis is, you know, related to REM sleep, what people are experiencing, it's, it's, it seems to be quite consistent. So often people talk about a malevolent presence, uh, for example. Uh, they talk about, you know, hearing voices and that sort of thing. Some of the, the things that people describe seeing are also quite, quite similar as well. So I, I think that maybe there could be some kind of objective reality uh, behind what people are experiencing. But, you know, once again, there's no way that I can prove, uh, for example, that it's not just, you know, someone's imagination. So, you know, well, there but, yeah, kind I, of is a way to prove it. And, and that would be to uh-huh. to be able to interview someone who's had one of these experiences that says, well, yeah. I received a message and this message told me that this is going to mm. take place or that there is a certain thing here yeah. that we need to look at. And then you can go there mm-hmm. and you can see if it's there or you can see if whatever it said is going to take place actually does take place, that sort of thing. So there has been say like premonitory dreams people have had other people have had for lack of a better term some sort of a similar psychic experience where 
they were out searching for someone and just had it had a shown to them in some way that we don't understand that they're in, over in this direction and they go look and lo and behold there's the person yeah. that they were missing so yeah. there have been a couple of cases like that but not very many mm. yeah no absolutely and I, it you know it's very difficult to uh, set up experiments of that nature. You know, I mean, these these sorts of experiences don't kind of lend themselves very well to, you know, those types of scientific experiments, I suppose. You know, I mean, I've, I know about, you know, uh, sort of experiments they've tried to do with out-of-body experiences where they might have an object, you know, in a box situated above the person, uh, and then that person, of course, is supposed to leave their body and then, you know, view the object um, from some, you know, sort of bird's eye view, some kind of angle that they wouldn't be able to see it if they were just lying down. So that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, there was yeah. a yeah. The Aware study did exactly that, uh, yeah, and that yeah. was done by doctors in operating rooms in hospitals under controlled conditions, mm. and not yeah. one single person was able to correctly mm. identify any of the imagery or messages that were up above them. Yeah, well. Uh, I suppose it's really got to do with, um, I mean, these are parapsychological experiments and parapsychology maybe hasn't advanced to the point where the experiments themselves are kind of sophisticated enough to be able to, uh, I suppose, find evidence for these sorts of things. I mean, there, there is some sort of compelling data, um, but, you know, when it comes to out-of-body experiences, sleep paralysis experiences, uh, you know, you're right, it, it is hard to to try and, you know, prove that it is nothing but the person's imagination. You know, I mean, I accept that. And, you know, my angle on sleep paralysis, um, you know, I'm not really trying to prove anything to anyone. I was, uh, you know, really sort of discussing my own experiences. You know, those experiences are, you know, unique to me and and, and they're meaningful to me. Uh, but, you know, to try and to prove to someone else that, you know, this this actually I experience something on another dimension or, or another plane of existence. There's really no way that I can kind of prove that, which is unfortunate, I suppose. But um, nonetheless, a lot of people have read the book and, and you know, they've said, wow, you know, I've experienced something very similar. Uh, and there does seem to be something out there. There's, you know, we, there does seem to be um, maybe other entities that people are interacting with, that kind of thing. But to try and prove it objectively, scientifically is is very, very difficult. The yeah. significance of the experiences, however, I would mm. submit should not be discounted or simply ignored. Just because we don't have that repeatable empirical sort of evidence that mm. would show us that there is something objectively real involved doesn't necessarily mean that there might not be some other kind of an influence yeah. on a subjective level from, say... I don't know for sure now I'm reaching out there, but some sort of collective unconscious or mm -hmm. even a, some sort of a psychic connection or a telepathic connection. And we may not yeah. be able to prove those things, but maybe with enough study and enough people being able to come forwards and talk freely about them, we might still be able to learn something. So uh, don't get me wrong. Mm. I think they're fascinating. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah ab ab absolutely. Yep. Before we get more into such subjects, I want to move into something that just struck me offhanded in the subtitle of your book, Borderland Phenomena. The first mm -hmm. subtitle, Spontaneous Combustion. Now, I'm going to ask you what this relates to because we did shows on spontaneous combustion 
early in the history of the Paracast, going back to 2006. We've been around for a while. And then we were talking about spontaneous human combustion. But what are you mm -hmm. referring to? Yeah, I'm referring to exactly that, spontaneous human combustion. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does seem to be something that is unique to humans as well. But, I mean, if you want me to provide a uh, sort of definition of, of what I mean by that term, I'm, I'm happy to uh, give you one. Please do. Okay, yep. So, basically, it's, a, it's an unexplained phenomenon whereby the human body is almost entirely reduced to ash seems to occur generally within a period of around 10 to 12 hours, um, although it is hard to put a time frame on it. Uh, and what seems to happen is that uh, the person seems to basically catch fire from within uh, and then it uh, essentially just reduces their body to ash, although there can be, of course, parts of their body that remain unburned. There's usually sort of one or, or more limbs that are unburned uh, and they're still clad in clothing, generally speaking. Uh, and the other odd thing, too, is that nearby objects uh, seem to be pretty much untouched as well. So, you know, for example, the victim may be found in their home. There'll be furniture nearby, et cetera, that, that is, is, hasn't been burnt. And, you know, the, the house itself, of course, hasn't gone down in flames as well. So uh, it's a very baffling phenomenon. And the, the really weird thing is the fact that it is very difficult to reduce a, a body to that state. Because when the, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the case of a crematorium, uh, they, of course, use fuels such as oil, gas, uh, et cetera, to, you know, and, and use forced air, of course, to increase the temperature. And we're talking about a temperature of around um, 1,000 degrees Celsius in order to, you know, vaporize and oxidize the body. Uh, and it takes about 90 minutes to two hours, too. And even then, uh, you know, bone fragments generally still remain, so they need to be pulverized uh, using a machine called a cremulator, which is basically like a, a, a sort of large blender with these ball bearings that knock around and, and sort of pulverize the, the bones uh, and reduce them to that state. So we also, you know, it needs to be acknowledged that the human body is around 65% water. It is very, very difficult to burn a human body. Uh, so the mystery, of course, is, um, you know, where does the energy come from? you know, by what process is that achieved to actually reduce body to that state? Randall has a question for Lewis Proud, which will be asked in our next segment with Gene. And Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The death toll from severe storms that have battered the central U.S. this week have now climbed to nine people. The region is still bracing for more flooding as rivers rise rapidly. President Trump has declared a state of emergency in Oklahoma. Meteorologist Allison Chinchar. Typically in the month of May, you would average only 268 tornadoes. Keep in mind, May is the peak month for this. But so far this May, we've had a preliminary number of 327. So we are already above average. Keep in mind, we still have more severe weather expected before we finish out the rest of the month. President Trump is in Tokyo on a state visit as the U.S. and Japan work out a trade deal. He tweeted that he has confidence that Kim Jong-un of North Korea will keep his promise regarding nuclear testing. This is USA Radio News. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-985-1813 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-985-1813 now. Again, that's 800-985-1813. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So to recap, of course, we're talking to Lewis Proud, 
I asked him about spontaneous human combustion. Randall had a question. Yeah, we've in the realm of the paranormal, we've most of us have heard about spontaneous mm. human combustion, but you're down in Australia, right? Or actually Tasmania, if uh, mm-hmm. I'm recalling correctly. So you're in a completely different part of the world. Yeah. Are there cases down there? Whereabouts in the world? Is this just a more of a European or North American, or does it tend to happen all over the place? Well, as far as I'm aware, it does happen all over the world. Uh, I mean, mo- most of the sort of famous cases, um, cases that occurred in, in, in North America, uh, and, and Europe as well. I am aware of sort of rumours of, of cases in Australia, but sort of nothing really kind of definite and concrete. So most of the cases that I discuss in my book, Borderland Phenomena, are, you know, European and American cases. There's one in particular, uh, the Mary Reeser case. Can you uh, tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I discuss this case in quite some detail in my book. It's one of the most famous and fascinating cases, and it's it's a case that was also very thoroughly investigated as well, probably more so than any other case. Um, it's a case that occurred in, in 1951, uh, and uh, it happened to a lady who was uh, 67 years old, uh, Mrs. Mary Hardy Reeser. She was the widow of a doctor. Um, and she lived in Columbia, Pennsylvania, uh, before moving to St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, the reason being that she wanted to be closer to her son and his family. Um, she really didn't like Florida much at all because it was very, you know, she found it too hot and humid, uh, and she was quite depressed in the weeks leading up to her death. So she'd been living in this small apartment um, only five weeks uh, when the incident happened, and it happened on the night of the 1st or 2nd of July. Uh, and basically, they found her body almost entirely reduced to ash. There are a few parts of her body that were unburned. That included her uh, purportedly shrunken skull, part of her left foot, which was still clad in its slipper, uh, a chunk of backbone, and, of course, the chair on which she was seated as well. That was also reduced to ash, apart from the you know the metal components, the springs, et cetera. And there were only two people who uh, saw her or rather there were two people who saw her just before she died. Uh, that was on the, the evening uh, of the, the 1st of July. Uh, that was her son and uh, her landlady, Pansy Carpenter. Uh, and basically what happened is um, that morning on the 2nd of July, uh, Pansy Carpenter did recall, you know, she, she heard like a strange um, sort of a dull thud. And, uh, and then she also noticed the sort of, that was very early that morning. And then she later that morning, she went to take a telegram to Mrs. Reese's apartment and she touched the screen door and it was actually hot to the touch. And that's when she, you know, smelt smoke and she noticed that there was soot on the walls of the hallway. And then, of course, she alerted the police and the uh, firefighters came as well to investigate. Yeah, and the, the other odd thing too, of course, as I mentioned with SHC, there were you know, there were objects around uh, Mrs. Reese's remains that were pretty much untouched, and that included such things as, you know, a pile of newspaper, uh, newspapers uh, that were, you know, weren't even touched. They were completely unscorched. Uh, there was also a day bed just a few feet away, which was completely unmarked as well. Um, the ceilings and walls were smoke-blackened and covered in soot, uh, but it's just very surprising that the fire didn't spread uh, considering that it would have taken a very high temperature to reduce her body to that state. Um, and there was also a, um, it was investigated by an anthropologist uh, 
uh, Dr. Wilton Krogman, and he was a world-leading expert on what happens to the human body uh, when it's been exposed to fire. He'd done all sorts of experiments with human cadavers, burning them under different conditions, etc. And he just happened to be vacationing near St. Petersburg when the incident occurred, and then he was asked to give his expertise on the case. The police contacted him and, and asked him to talk, you know, give his expertise, as I said, um, and he was completely baffled by it as well. And there's a famous quote here that I'd just like to read out. He said, I've been present at tests of body and bone reaction to extreme heat, and it's been established that heat of about 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is around 1,650 degrees Celsius, is necessary to completely consume the bones. As happened in the Risa case, I cannot conceive of such complete cremation um, without more burning of the apartment itself. So, yeah, all up a very strange and baffling case. Of course, this was back in the 50s, too. So you mm-hmm. know, what kind of, um, say, confirmation of the remains to, for, of identity? Did they, you know, I guess, maybe dental records? or I mean, today they could do DNA to yeah, be yeah. sure that it is actually the person in question. But have you researched mm-hmm. that to see how they were able to identify these bodies? So there were remains there, um, not necessarily dental records, but, um, you know, I mean, there was the, in particular, there was, uh, you know, uh, part of her left foot, uh, which was still clad in its slipper. So, I mean, that in itself, you know, was able to give a a pretty good uh, indication that, you know, it was actually Mary Hardy Reese's body that was there. But, you know, uh, um, I should mention that uh, Wilton Krogman, uh, because he was so uh, amazed by the case, um, he did actually make a comment to Larry Arnold, um, who's a you know an expert on SHC. Uh, this was years afterwards, um, and he he said something to the effect of um, you know maybe it was a setup, um, maybe uh, you know they'd actually or someone had cremated her body, and then actually um, you know planted uh, the remains there in the apartment itself. Um, and and the reason is, but he, he just couldn't simply couldn't explain it. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's a very um, right convincing well, I mean, explanation. Mm. That's kind of the first thing. That, that's why I was asking because, yeah. you know, if you know, what if it wasn't the person and it was, you know, mm. maybe just a case of somebody's been abducted and replaced with a bunch of ashes from somebody else? Or today, mm. of course, we'd have a way of confirming, it, in no uncertain terms, by DNA that it was yeah. the actual person. So, are these cases still taking place at all, or? When was the last case that you've heard of? Well, the, the cases still do occur to this day. You know, I mean, it's, it's an extremely rare phenomenon. Um, I mean, occasionally an article will come out of, you know, a, a suspected case of SHC. Um, the, you know, the authorities, um, you know, they tend to be quite fairly quiet when it comes to these cases as well. I mean, it's, I mean, death itself, of course, is quite a private matter. Um, so I would say that there are probably a lot of cases occurring that the public never actually hears about, um, you know, simply because, yeah, they're not going to make it public. Um, and, you know, and of course, also part of the reason would be that the family members wouldn't necessarily want the public knowing about it either, you know, to in order to, you know, so as not to disrespect uh, the person who has died, of course. Uh, but well, the cases- I mean, though, I mean, there's people that have obituaries and in every Facebook that when somebody dies, yeah. it gets, I mean, it would be almost impossible to cover that up. 
if that yep. was something that that happened. I mean, usually it says how people die in most obituaries. But, so, but sometimes they they don't go into a lot of detail. So the coroner will simply say, um, you know, that the person died in a house fire, for example. Um, so they won't really sort of give any more information than that. Um, you know, and 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 also that you know the fact that it is so so baffling, so weird. Um, I would say in some cases they don't want to necessarily accept the possibility that it may be SHC. Right, um, because you never know. I mean, a bunch of hmm. paranormal investigators show up at the funeral or whatever. Exactly. Maybe that you know that might be kind of something hmm. that might not be wanted if they were not into that sort of thing themselves. Yeah, yeah. But then, exactly. it, but just going on to the say the theories about what it could be uh mm. apart from uh some sort of a setup there's you know what other sorts of things might be responsible like maybe i, I yeah. think that at one point you were discussing or at least entertaining the idea that it could be something like ball lightning or something like that we're gonna have that yeah. answer ball lightning before there's ball lightning thrown on me for not breaking at this point, we have Lewis Jean and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. No, ball lightning is not at all going to impact me. Right, Lewis? (laughs) Well, I, I suppose I should talk a little bit about uh, you know the, the the wick effect theory. I mean, this is this is the theory that um, you know scientists use to try and explain what happens. Uh, you know how how this process occurs. Basically, what they say is that the human body is um, similar in nature to a candle, only it's inside out. So that uh, the clothing represents the wick, and the fat represents the fuel of the candle. So according to this theory, uh, there is always some external source of ignition. Most scientists don't accept that there can be such a thing as a spontaneous form of combustion in the case of the body. So they say that there is some kind of external source of ignition. The clothing might catch fire, for example, from an ember from a fire or something like that. And then uh, what happens is it starts to melt the fat in the body. uh, And then the fat is drawn into the clothing. Uh, And then the person basically over a long period of time, over many hours, the body continues to smolder and sort of burn slowly, uh, you know, in the manner of a candle. And then, of course, uh, kind of reduces them to the state that we see in, in, in cases of SHC. So that's, that's really the, you know, the orthodox theory to try and explain these cases. Um, the thing is, though, they have done a lot of experiments with the, the wick effect. They have used, um, for example, pig carcasses. What they usually do is they'll wrap the pig in a blanket they always find that they have to use um, some kind of accelerant such as petrol, uh, kerosene, et cetera, to try and get the flames going. 
so they light the blanket and then um, the, the, the carcass will, will sort of burn. But um, really what's been observed in the case of these experiments is, is very underwhelming. When a person mm. is alive, I mean, yeah. we're, we're assuming that, okay, they died of a heart attack first or something and they're just lying there and mm-hmm. their cigarette burns down and manages to start a fire or something. But I'm not an expert on this. But mm-hmm. I've, I have run across a couple of stories where one guy said he was just sitting there and he, there was this odd light and smell coming from his arm and he was alive in it when it started yeah. with him. Yeah. You know, you'd think that if, if that's going on, people would be out trying to get help. Exactly. Yeah, if that, it took hours that's for it to happen, I mean, that's lots of time to get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the same time, though, that quite a few of these victims are, you know, elderly, invalid people. And it could be possible, too, that I suppose they could pass out from, from smoke inhalation or something of that nature. But, yeah, no, certainly there have been cases, too, where um, people have talked about, um, I suppose, you know, one particular part of their body catching fire in a, in a spontaneous manner. Um, and there's been no external source of uh, ignition. And, of course, there has been, in some cases, too, um, other witnesses as well, people who have confirmed that this has happened. One of the really weird things, too, is that um, what's been observed by other people is uh, the victims do seem to enter a kind of a trance state. They seem to go into a kind of altered state of consciousness uh, when the phenomenon occurs. So so that seems to be a an aspect of the phenomenon as well. So it could be possible that when this happens, the person is basically in a kind of a, a trance state of consciousness. They're, they're unaware of what's going on, and maybe that's what allows the, the process to continue occurring. Well, who would be of, witnessing that then? I mean, it, then they hmm. would be the ones to try and get help or put the fire out. Oh, oh yeah, think. exactly. Exactly. So there have been cases where there have been witnesses, uh, and then, they've, of course, they've tried to you know put out the flames themselves as well. Often what happens is um, because the, the fire is so intense, <laughs> you know, the person sustained such, such terrible burns that they generally – die from complications resulting from those burns, you know, in, in, hof- in, in hospital, uh, you know, days later, that kind of thing. Um, so there are cases of that nature. The theory that I find, um, I suppose, the most appealing, the most convincing uh, is the theory that uh, this is some kind of uh, subconscious form of suicide. So basically um, the theory states that, that SHC is related to poltergeistry. So we find, of course, in the case of a poltergeist um, that there is always, you know, there's a a person at the centre of that activity uh, referred to as the focus or agent. What seems to happen is the activity seems to be a form of, um, you know, it's got to do with the person having a, uh, you know, all these pent-up emotions and, and, uh, you know, all these repressed emotions, anger, et cetera. Generally, it's a teenager, someone going through puberty. So what seems to happen is the, the activity is a way for them to, uh, to vent all of that pent-up anger and frustration to kind of um, direct it into the external environment, uh, and that's what leads to the psychokinetic effects, objects being thrown around, et cetera. Um, so the theory is, and this is a theory that Vincent Gaddis, um, famous 14, uh, discusses in his book Mysterious Fires and Lights, he said that in the case of uh, poltergeistry, the energy is directed outwards into the external environment. And in the case of SHC, uh, it seems as though the, the energy is directed inwards uh, and it's used to essentially, you know, end that person's life. 
Um, and he also talks about the fact that the body is, um, you know, it has its own electrical system. Um, so possibly it's got to do with uh, some kind of malfunction uh, within the body's electrical system because all of our activity in the body, of course, happens as a result of, you know, nerve impulses. Uh, it's essentially electrochemical in nature. So there could be some kind of you know, malfunction was in that body's electrical was in the body's electrical system caused by negative suicidal thoughts, uh, which then you know it triggers the process in such a way that the person you know literally kind of burst into flames. So, uh, and the other thing too, you know, we need to realise that SHC uh, it is very much a human phenomenon. There doesn't seem to be really any cases of um, animals uh, succumbing to SHC, or we just call it spontaneous combustion in this case. You know, so it does seem to be unique to human beings. And what makes humans special, of course, is the fact that we do have very advanced minds. Uh, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, you could say that we're the most sophisticated animal on the planet, you know, as a result of having such an advanced uh, mind, uh, such advanced sort of consciousness, if you like. And, and obviously, we seem to be a lot more intelligent than other animals. Um, so I think it very much is a, a matter of, of subconscious suicide. We have these kind of hidden powers. Uh, if you like, and that's what causes things like poltergeistry, SHC, etc. Um, so that's really my take on, on on what's occurring. It is only a theory, of course, but I think it's the most convincing theory so far. I want to tell our listeners, if you want to hear from Larry Arnold, who wrote a book called The Blaze and talking about spontaneous human combustion, we had him on our third episode of the Paracast, March 14th, 2006, second half of the show. So if you're interested, go check it out. Let's continue. Randall? Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of an interesting theory. Uh, what was it in the Matrix? They they, they were, used people as power sources and saying you know, something to, effect, to the effect that, that the human body generates uh, more electricity than a 120-volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs of body heat. Or something like that. So, I mean, I don't know how much science there is in that, uh, but there's no question that the body is a, a bioelectric system. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I guess bones and stuff have a lot of magnesium, and that stuff will burn even underwater. So, mm. uh, who knows exactly how? I mean, something's going on. It seems like there's too many cases to just dismiss it as being nothing more than tabloid news. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But what about this connection with uh, ball lightning now here? We, we started off with that, but we never got to it. Yeah, absolutely. So this, this is another um, theory that I discuss in the book in, in Borderland Phenomena. So we do know that, you know, ball lightning, you know, as with linear lightning, it is capable of inflicting injury and death on humans and animals. You know, there are some famous cases of people being struck by ball lightning and dying. The most famous case would be that of George William Reichman in 1753. So he was a, um, a, a Swedish physicist and uh, living in Russia, I believe, and he was trying to replicate one of Benjamin Franklin's experiments. Basically, he had a, a rod set up that he was using as an electrical indicator. Uh, there was a thunderstorm nearby. Uh, so he rushed over to sort of check his equipment and he'd set it up in, in his house right near the window. So there was a thunderstorm some distance away. Uh, and then suddenly what happened is uh, this it was described as like a palish ball of fire as big as a fist. It emerged from the end of the rod and it struck him on the forehead uh, and he fell backwards and he died instantly. Let's do our break here, hmm. folks. 
Died instantly. Well, at least he didn't feel it. I'm being gruesome here. Here's a special announcement on this week's episode of After the Paracast. Not only will we have William Puckett's segment on new UFO sightings, we'll also feature Chris Rutkowski, and both will talk about this new set of MJ-12 documents revealed by William. You can only hear After the Paracast if you're a subscriber to the Paracast Plus. For more information, check plus.theparacast.com. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Oh, these pains. My neck, my back, shoulders. I've got to get some relief. Stress from everyday life, past injuries, or surgeries can cause inflammation that leads to pain, but you don't want to take another pill. There's an easier, healthier way, right? Yes, with hot or cold therapy products at sunshine-pillows.com. Pillows? For my aches and pains? Oh, not just pillows. Sunshine-pillows.com has the best selection of custom heated neck wraps and heated neck pillows, plus travel pillows microwavable body heating wraps and more it's all available to you online finally stress relief with no drugs right and now you can buy any select combo up to 150 dollars and get 30 percent off just use this promo code save 30 when you click sunshine-pillows.com save 30 percent when you spend up to 150 dollars on any select combo use promo code save 30 sunshine-pillows.com your complete line of therapeutic pillows and pads Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, Randall is really hot. That's why his voice sounds that way. Right? We're burning up. Of course, we'll burn up here in Arizona this summer when it gets to be 120 degrees in the shade. Go ahead, please. Okay, so, so he died instantly as a result of ball lightning. Uh, there have been other cases. Commonly what occurs, of course, is, is that the object really just kind of um, the electrical energy just kind of stops their heart. Um, but there are cases of like people receiving severe burns and charred flesh as a result of coming into contact with ball lightning. 
So we do know that in some cases there's a tremendous amount of energy uh, involved with ball lightning. It, it doesn't always emit heat. Um, some people talk about being in close contact with it and feeling no heat from the object. In other cases, people talk about feeling heat. We could be dealing with a whole range of different things as well in the case of ball lightning. There could be many different forms of ball lightning that are uh, produced by different means, of course, uh, You know that have different mechanisms of production, if you like. So there's a few cases that do hint at a link between uh, you know, ball lightning and SHC. These cases are few and far between. There was a case that was reported in April 1961 in an issue of Fate magazine uh, by an American reverend named Winner Jean Savage. I've never been able to, and I've tried to sort of research this case, and this is really the only report that seems to be there was was the one that was uh, uh, published in Fate magazine. So he talked about uh, the brother of one of his friends Apparently, he was awoken at 5 a.m. by the sound of his wife screaming. Uh, he followed her screams to the living room, uh, his, sorry, his wife lying there, and her body was burning fiercely. And there was apparently a um, hovering, blazing ball of light, and uh, he tried to put out the flames, uh, and he was badly burned in the process. Um, so they you know, threw buckets of water over her, etc., and then she died shortly afterwards in hospital. Um, and also another detail that's mentioned is that although her clothing was destroyed by the fire, the rug beneath her and, of course, the room itself suffered very little damage. Um, so that's a case that seems to hint at some kind of connection there. There was also another case. Um, this is a more recent one. It was from 1978. Uh, it was five mountaineers who were um, camped for the night at an altitude of around 3,900 metres uh, in the Caucasus Mountains in Russia, and they talked about being attacked by a floating yellow blob, which sounds very much as though it was some form of intelligent ball lightning because apparently the object came into their tent and then in a very deliberate, methodical fashion, it uh, dived into their sleeping bags and it you know, burned them horribly in the process. They were screaming in pain, and uh, and then they were rushed to hospital by helicopter. So apparently they suffered some incredibly severe burns as a result of this um, very strange object, which, as I said, was described as a yellow blob. Uh, they did also describe it as a form of ball lightning. Um, but apparently there were like chunks of flesh torn from their bones. That's how severe the burns were. You know, one of the hikers actually died from the incident, um, so that's another famous case. And then there was another one from 1985, and this is, I suppose, one of the more recent cases of, of SHC as well. It was um, a 17-year-old student named Jacqueline Fitzsimon, and she was a, a student at Halton Technical College in Widnes in England. Uh, and what happened is she had just uh, emerged from class. She had been in actually in, in cookery class. She'd just been standing there talking to her friends. She was standing in the stairwell. Uh, and then they they witnessed her suddenly burst into flames. It was apparently very dramatic, uh, and they tried to beat out the flames. She did suffer severe burns to her body, and she died in hospital of pneumonia about 15 days later. The weird thing, though, is that the moment before she actually burst into flames, one of her or two two young women uh, fellow students said that they saw this um, basically like a small ball of light um, just appearing midair over her right shoulder and then it fell down her back and then at that point she said something to the effect of it's gone down my back, get it out, uh, and then she suddenly burst into flames. So once again that sort of hints at some kind of connection there between ball lightning and SHC.
the the theory of course is that um she must have come into contact with like a, a, a you know a, a gas cooking ring or something like that while she was in class and then perhaps her clothing had been smoldering and then the the draft in the stairwell had sort of uh caused the uh, the flames to you know the added oxygen of course had then made her just kind of burst into flames but it's very hard to uh, explain it in that manner because apparently they did all sorts of experiments with her clothing. They found that she wasn't wearing particularly flammable clothing or anything of that nature, and certainly there had been no smoke or anything like that prior to the incident. It happened just in, you know very very quickly, uh, her you know bursting into flames. So there are some cases here that do indicate some kind of link between SHC uh, and ball lightning, and possibly given that ball lightning can just sort of manifest uh, very suddenly in midair, essentially generally in the presence of of a thunderstorm, uh, possibly the ball of lightning, perhaps it forms inside a person's body uh, and then it releases such tremendous heat that it causes that person to burst into flames. So I think it's a very interesting theory and certainly I'm always on the lookout for, for cases that do suggest a, a connection between the two, but they're very few and far between. Another weird thing too is it uh, was Mary Hardy Risa this was just a, several days after the incident. The police received this unsigned letter, and someone wrote, uh, and these are the exact words, they said, uh, a ball of fire came through the open window and hit her. Um, I seen it happen. Slight grammatical error there, but, um, yeah, it was unsigned. So possibly someone did witness something and they didn't want to come forward and reveal their identity because they didn't want to be sort of implicated in, you know, because it was being treated as a, as a possible murder case at the time. So it's possible that someone did see something of that nature happen. Uh, and that's what caused Mrs. Mary Hardy Reeser to, to go up in flames. So I think there's some really interesting cases there. Uh, but once again, it's, uh, as I said, finding hard physical evidence for it is, is, is very, very difficult. Well, even ball lightning itself, although it's, I think, accepted now by meteorologists as being a natural phenomenon that is real, is mm -hmm. still not well understood. From what I've heard about it, it's yeah. always connected with some sort of thunderstorm. It doesn't happen on a nice day or even a partly nice day. There's got to be some serious lightning action going on. It seems like whatever these anomalous lights are, Maybe they're mm. not just ball lightning. Maybe there's something else, especially, I mean, this yellow blob you're talking about, when it acted intelligently, that yeah. almost sounds like some sort of, uh, I don't know, weird drone or something. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, so so generally, you know, it's called ball lightning, of course, because it is, you know, associated with thunderstorm activity. But, you know, there are reports of people seeing these things uh, during fine weather as well. But, yeah, generally speaking, it occurs after a lightning strike to the ground. Uh, that's when these things manifest. You know, but we, we, we certainly we could be dealing with a whole range of different, um, I suppose, natural phenomena uh, that simply sort of gets labelled ball lightning. I mean, there's, there's things like earth lights, earthquake lights, et cetera, which have very similar properties to ball lightning. But, you know, if we just talk about ball lightning itself, there could, in fact, be an intelligent form of ball lightning. You know, people have talked about, um, you know, seeing these objects uh, do some really weird things and, and they do seem to display some kind of sentience or intelligence in some cases. So, you know, a typical report would be something like a um, during a thunderstorm, uh, someone will see, a, you know, a ball of lightning rather or, or fireball as they're sometimes described, enter the window of the house in a very deliberate manner. 
and then it will sort of carefully explore the room and maybe circle around a person, for example, and then it will either, you know, maybe exit via the chimney or, or leave via the same window that it entered from. Uh, so there's all sorts of reports like that. But, yeah, ball lightning is very, very strange. It, it does all sorts of weird things that seem to pretty much kind of contradict the known laws of physics. You know, the fact that it can sort of pass straight through walls and ceilings, it can leave holes in panes of glass, it can materialise inside aircraft, it can even squeeze through keyholes as well. It will sometimes change its shape in order to be able to squeeze through the keyhole. Uh, there are quite a few reports like that. I know it doesn't sound very believable, but I have come across quite a few reports like that from many different you know sources and that kind of thing. It can also, you know, as I said, burn and damage nearby objects. So it's a very, very weird thing. We've got Lewis Proud, author of Borderland Phenomena with Gene and Randall Urin. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. September 2018. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I've been using Extendivite for many years now. May 2018. 
Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. March 2018. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. February 2018. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Lewis Proud, you're talking here about ball lightning with intelligence. Pray tell. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking about Foo Fighters, um, you know, which were seen during World War Two, And, uh, you know, the, the descriptions of these objects match, uh, in many cases, descriptions of ball lightning. And there is a theory that perhaps the Foo Fighters were some form of intelligent ball lightning that exists at high altitude. Um, and and that, that's a theory that was uh, put forward by, by Vincent Gaddis. Yeah, so, I mean, I suppose this really kind of leads into a discussion on UFOs, but I think a lot of these different things, ball lightning, earth lights, these, you know, these anomalous lights that are produced by the earth, I think they, a lot of these cases, you know, that they they do not necessarily explain all cases of UFOs, but certainly a large percentage of them, uh, especially when we consider that uh, the objects could be intelligent or sentient to some degree as well. Um, that's really kind of my take on on UFOs. I I certainly don't subscribe to the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Um, I think that the Earth is very much capable of producing a whole range of different phenomena. So that you know the, the phenomenon is essentially terrestrial in nature. It's not extraterrestrial. Uh, and I, we simply don't understand these things: ball lightning, Earth lights, etc. You know, we we they're very very mysterious. You know, I want to bring up also when you talk about intelligent life, ball lightning being intelligent. Of course, we mm-hmm. have the theories from the late Trevor James Constable, author of They Live in the Sky. I think he was yeah. talking more about intelligent amoebas, however, right? Yeah, well, that, that's right. But So what, what he was doing was uh, he was using like infrared and ultraviolet photography, uh, and he was going out into these remote locations. He'd go out into the Mojave Desert, Generally, uh, he would also be there around sort of uh, very early in the morning. He said um, around dawn was was when he was able to photograph these things. And, you know, you can see the photographs for yourself. It was uh, he said that he, he managed to photograph all sorts of weird things inhabiting the atmosphere, these kind of sky creatures. Um, oh, he called them critters. Um, so these biological UFOs, 
Um, he did describe them in plasmatic terms. He was saying that they're basically a, um, you know, that they have bodies composed of plasma, uh, which, of course, is the fourth state of matter. So it's an ionized gas. Uh, and, uh, you know, ball lightning very much seems to be a form of, of it's described as like a form of high density plasma. Um, so we could be dealing with something very similar. Uh, we could be dealing with plasmatic life forms. Uh, perhaps some of them are very small, as in the case of ball lightning, and, and perhaps some of them are very large, as in the case of what, you know, Trevor James Constable uh, photographed in the desert. Uh, and I think some of the photographs that he took, maybe they're not very convincing, um, you know, uh, but he was talking about these objects basically being, uh, you know, dwelling in another dimension. Uh, and so he was really kind of just... Um, photographing them just on kind of the threshold uh, or border of, of, of this reality, if you like. They were very much kind of um, located in another dimension, uh, but, and, you know, that's why you had to use infrared photography, et cetera. So he's just able to kind of catch very, very kind of blurry images, but nonetheless you can see kind of definite shapes, and they do seem to resemble kind of living things, um, kind of like giant single-celled organisms uh, and that kind of thing. So I think I think he did some some fascinating research. And, and that's kind of the angle uh, from which I kind of tackle these things as well. You know, I think that, I think that there's all, you know, wide range of different forms of life out there that we can't necessarily perceive. Um, and, you know, that, that could explain, you know, a lot of UFO cases and so on. It took quite a while for them to discover sprites. So uh-huh. they're large-scale electrical discharges, and they occur high above, way above the thunderstorm clouds, way yeah. in the upper atmosphere. So, yeah, we are still discovering things that are natural that haven't been discovered uh-huh. before. Although it seems like it's you know it's, those discoveries are getting farther and few between, but still, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a pretty interesting thing. Uh, back in the, um, I don't know what you might think of this take on the whole thing but uh, it was back in the uh late 70s early 80s it was a guy named paul benowitz and he started thinking that he was in contact with some sort of aliens and was taking Mm -hmm. pictures of these blobs of light that Mm -hmm. look very much like plasma uh, lights and what some of us think is that getting images of uh, some of the early plasma weapon testing that was going on very near where he was. So yeah. you know, what, we're, what we might be dealing with and isn't necessarily something natural, too. It could be something technological. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's another possibility. Yeah. Like whether we made it or, and I realize you were saying that you don't subscribe to the extraterrestrial hypothesis, but mm. we're, if you're interested in ufology there's too many accounts of what are uh seen as craft machines Mm -hmm. of some kind tracked on radars observed so there's some sort of technology out there that doesn't belong to us Mm -hmm. and maybe they're behind it they're using some sort of particle beam or energy weapons on in some cases Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's a possibility too. And I mean, Trevor James Constable did talk about um, photographing not just critters, these biological uh, UFOs, but he did also take photographs of of what he he referred to them as like ether ships. Um, and uh, you know, you can see 
you know, he talked about, yeah, seeing these kind of structured craft, um, so, you know, essentially kind of spaceships or interdimensional craft in this case. Um, and, you know, I, I think they're actually some of the more convincing photographs. Um, you can see a kind of definite kind of saucer shape to some of the objects that he photographed. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. There could be biological component to this and also a technological component as well. Yeah, it seems to make a, a, the whole tech course. Then again, I come from a ufology perspective. So uh, for me, uh-huh. a lot of it adds up to something technological because yeah. it's all possible to replicate technologically. I mean, if we think of microwaves and particle beam weaponry, the kind of thing where we've uh-huh. all seen Star Trek, where you you know a person gets zapped with a phaser and they sort of disintegrate from the inside out. Well, I mean, those are sci-fi type special effects. And yet uh, those types of things could be done with some of the particle weapons that they've made out there. So if there's some advanced technology you know, this belongs to some alien races visiting here from wherever, whether it's extraterrestrial or someplace else. Mm. And of course, we've heard reports of witnesses being burned by them as well. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to think, well, maybe, yes, obviously there's earth lights. Yes, there's ball lightning. Yes, there's a natural component to some of these cases. But mm. I think maybe there's even this more mysterious aspect of the darker side of the UFO phenomenon. What do you think about that? Before he has that answer, I have to set up a cliffhanger here, folks. I have to set up a cliffhanger. Okay. Lewis Proud, author of Borderland Phenomena. Volume 1, Spontaneous Combustion, Poltergeistry, and Anomalous Lights, which I guess is kind of what we're doing here with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Oklahoma officials are telling residents to be prepared to evacuate some Tulsa neighborhoods that are near levees along the Arkansas River. Heavy rains are threatening to cause serious flooding. Trisha German is with the Muskogee County Emergency Medical Center. In the Fort Gibson area, the river is just overwhelming with water. We've had to shut down some major highways. We're looking at almost... 
getting ready to shut down a turnpike if the water gets any higher than about, I think, another three feet. President Trump has declared a disaster in Oklahoma. He's been meeting with Japanese and American business leaders in Tokyo as he begins a state visit to Japan. The president is promoting the American economy, saying the U.S. offers a unique business and investment opportunity. The president took a helicopter to go play golf with Abi. This is USA Radio News. What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. As small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Randall asked Lewis Proud a question, and then we split. Lewis, your answer, please? Yeah, I mean, certainly there could be some form of technology involved. Technology, uh, I suppose, produced by um, you know some kind of alien life form. Um, I, I still think, though, that it's it's, it's not going to be uh, necessarily extraterrestrial in origin. Perhaps in that in this case, it could be you know interdimensional. Um, you know, I, I I do subscribe to the theory that um, that there are other universes besides our own, uh, and some of these universes um, could essentially kind of interpenetrate our universe as well. Most of the multiverse theories state that these universes are distinct, uh, but there are theories that state that perhaps these universes do interact. Um, and if we look at, um, you know, the Islamic uh, tradition, I mean, they, they talk a lot about these beings uh, called jinn, and they basically say that, um, and it's something that's mentioned in the Quran as well, apparently God created, um, you know, humans from clay, 
which you know basically carbon-based life form uh, and they created the gin from smokeless fire is how it's described which you know could really be some form of plasma because that's essentially what plasma is it is kind of a, a form of smokeless fire uh, but they talk about the uh, the gin being banished from the earth and um, the gin sort of essentially inhabiting this other parallel dimension uh, and they also say that the jinn can perceive us but we cannot perceive them so i think there is you know there isn't sort of a there is good evidence that, that there are other universes uh, and and perhaps these these entities that do inhabit these other universes uh, maybe they are able in some cases to sort of cross over into our dimension maybe for only very brief periods of time maybe they do use some kind of form of technology in order to achieve that uh, and maybe you know the technology that they use you know they would need some kind of vehicle to be able to enter our dimension maybe they do use plasma as that vehicle uh, if you like so you know i often wonder if uh, in the case of um when people see you know an intelligent form of ball lightning or something like that uh, perhaps it is some kind of entity uh, that is essentially using plasma uh, as a form of clothing, kind of as a as a spacesuit or something like that, in order to be able to cross over and enter our dimension for a brief period of time. So you know, there's all sorts of interesting ideas out there, but there is, I would say, definitely a interdimensional uh, aspect to the UFO phenomenon. You know, so not just necessarily biological, uh, but these other beings, they could have some very advanced form of technology as well. So I definitely yeah. like the idea of mm. multiverses and yep. parallel yep. universes uh, mm -hmm. where they have their own distinct set of dimensions, their own space time, and we have our own space time. And somehow they figured out a way to be able yep. to go from there to here. And you mm. may be exactly right that this type of plasma that we see, it may be a byproduct of the way that they get here, part of their propulsion system, maybe. You know, maybe it's not intentional that they, you know, people get burned, but it's just, you know, if you stand behind a jet, you're going to get burned. You don't want to yeah. get too close to these things. So they could very well be some sort of maybe an in piece of intelligent technology, some sort of a probe sent through some sort of a a mm. dimensional rift for between universes or something mm. like that. that's sort of my favorite theory but it's even way more out there than the eth so i i, <laughs> I love it but, <laughs> but uh who knows this really does bring up an, another thing that is kind of related called the mandela effect have you heard of that yeah i have heard of it yeah so yeah so you know, maybe that's got something to do with it as well, because, again, there we are talking about these parallel universes or alternate universes or out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but there there is a, a theory, uh, and it's called, I think I believe it's called the Many Interacting Worlds Theory, um, that basically states that, um, you know, physicists have been discussing this. They've been saying that, um, you know, perhaps these these universes aren't necessarily distinct and separate, uh, that they do interact, and, and the way that they interact actually gives rise to some of the effects that we see in quantum physics. So this theory is basically using multiverses uh, to try and explain those baffling effects, uh, you know, quantum tunneling and, and uh, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, exactly. So yeah, spooky action at a distance. That's all quite fascinating, and it seems like mm. who knows? 
Hey, Gene, this reminds me of something I meant to uh, to let you know. Last time we uh, were on and talked about the Mandela effect, you know the actor who played Jaws, and we were talking about Dolly in her braces? Well, when he died, when on his deathbed, he said he remembered Dolly having braces. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah, Richard Dawson Keel, the guy who played Jaws remembers dolly with well he did remember dolly with braces so there's a, another sort of woohoo moment for you well i'll just put that in my pipe and smoke it that's weird that is weird <laughs> yeah. oh yeah very, very extremely weird not just weird that is extremely incredibly weird but then he succumbed to it that's all and he's well, not around to argue with no, but how about you, Lewis? Like, uh, have you had any uh, Mandela effect type experiences yourself? Like, which do you remember with Nelson Mandela, for example? Um, I, I, I certainly, um, I'm, you know, I'm open to, you know, okay, uh, yeah, certainly the possibility of other universes and other timelines, etc. I, with Nelson Mandela, I certainly don't have any. Uh, memories of him dying in prison or anything like that but I, I suppose like i mean i mean in my own life i do i've certainly experienced a lot of synchronicities i've had a lot of sort of deja vu type moments um i've had a lot of dreams that um you know sort of really seem to be like premonitions um so basically i'll have like a very detailed dream about a particular series of events occurring uh, and then, you know, maybe a few months later, I'll actually experience those events. And then I'll be like, oh, wow, I remember dreaming about this. And it, it happened in exactly the same way. That's uh, quite so, fascinating. Do, do you think that paranormal hmm. researchers like yourself tend to hmm. draw the phenomena to them to some extent? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I would say so. I mean, I, you know, I use the metaphor of, of the borderland, uh, you know, with, with this latest book. And I also talk about liminality as well. And, you know, that's this kind of peculiar sort of in-between state. Um, and that's that's something that seems to, you know, crop up again and again in my life is um, I always seem to be kind of living in a sort of, uh, you know, a kind of borderland. <laughs> I know it sounds very odd, um, but, you know, it's sort of neither here nor there, if you like. Um, well, that's okay. What, is that uh -uh. what you mean by the borderland? Maybe you, yeah, ex yeah. Let, let's explain that in a little more detail. What exactly do you mean by the borderland? Like it's some kind of twilight zone sort of thing? Yeah, so I use it to, to, to explain, you know, the paranormal. So basically, you know, paranormal phenomena lie on the border or edge of this reality. Um, so they're here or there, somewhere in between, and they occupy, as I said, a kind of liminal state. Uh, and that's from the Latin word limen, meaning threshold. Um, so, you know, and, and that's why, you know, I was talking about sleep paralysis, talking about sleep paralysis occurring, of course, in that liminal state of consciousness between sleeping and waking. Um, so we find again and again in, in you know, with paranormal experiences uh, that they do have this kind of liminal nature. Um, and certainly there's a lot of, um, you know, people who do experience the paranormal quite frequently, I suppose, are quite kind of liminal people. Um, you know, you obviously some very peculiar, um, eccentric kind of characters, you know, people like John Keel, for example. Uh, and he talked about sort of the, you know, the, the phenomenon 
uh, you know, sort of being attracted to him. Um, okay, well, before we att- of- before we attract the hmm. something strange from our sponsors, <laughs> yeah. that didn't go down well. Lewis, Gene, and Randall, you're in. <laughs> the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of blackriflerealestate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 31st to June 3rd for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts like Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Doc Wallach, and so many more. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again... 
877-279-9422. Compliment your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, that was a bad one, right? The track. Well, yeah, John Keel was interesting because he would say to run is to be chased. That if you run away from whatever's going on, you're going to attract it. It's going to get worse for you. Yeah, well... You know, these days I'm I'm very very cautious um, as to the sorts of things that I dwell on, uh, that I think about. I mean, I I kind of um, you know, it was a lot of this paranormal stuff. I, I try not to get too sucked into it. I suppose um, I try not to get obsessed with it uh, because I know that uh, that could be quite harmful. You know, when I was uh, writing a lot about sleep paralysis uh, in the case of dark intrusions. And, you know, I was trying all sorts of experiments, too, by trying to enter, like, altered states of consciousness to try and facilitate out-of-body experiences, etc. cetera. Uh, but these days I, I don't really kind of engage with it so much. I, um, you know, I try to be more grounded, I suppose, in my approach, and I think that's that's really the healthy way to go about it because even though it's fun to think about these things and to explore these ideas, you still have to you know, you've got to earn a living and uh, you've got to maintain healthy relationships with people and, and, and you know, sort of not get too carried away by this stuff because people can sort of uh, so essentially lose their minds, you know. You know, we hear about cases of, of, of that happening to people. So I always tell people to kind of to be cautious, to remain grounded. Uh, you know, I also do things like... Um, you know, mindfulness practices as well. So, uh, you know, meditation, et cetera, you know, just to try and stay healthy and not get carried away, as I said, by all this uh, weird baffling stuff. Yeah. Here here on the Paracast, we like to sort of look at it from an objective kind of perspective, almost like, uh, you know, like you would if, say, you were studying it at a school or something like that, where you look at it as a topic of study. For the sake mm-hmm. of interest, and not to necessarily get deeply involved in performing rituals or whatever mm. the case may be, look at it from a historical perspective. And and speaking of which, up in Canada here, it, you've also talked about the Great Amherst mystery. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a, a case that occurred um, back in 1878, um, and it took place in, of course, Amherst in Nova Scotia in Canada, uh, and it revolved around a 19-year-old woman named Esther Cox. There was a man named Walter Hubble. He was an actor, was an interest in the paranormal, uh, and he wrote a book about it. It was called, of course, The Great Amherst Mystery. But his uh, approach to it was that uh, he was quite sceptical. He had earlier investigated spiritualism uh, and he'd found a lot of cases of fraudulent mediums. So basically his uh, 
approach to it was that he was going to discredit uh, the activity, but he went and stayed with the family uh, and he witnessed some remarkable things firsthand and he came to believe that it was a, a genuine case of poltergeistry. So as I said, it happened around this woman named Esther Cox. She was kind of the, the black sheep in the family. Um, she had an older sister named Jenny who was apparently sort of more outgoing than her, more attractive, uh, had more friends, etc. Um, so it's possible that she was quite jealous of her sister. Um, but the activity first broke out one night whilst they were lying in bed together. They shared a bed, uh, as was kind of normal back in those days. And this was, of course, a very cramped cottage. Um, there were many family members living there. Uh, and she talked about basically, uh, uh, you know, this mouse being under the covers. Uh, and then they checked, and, of course, there was there was nothing there. Um, she also had a few experiences where her um, she kind of developed like a fever and her body swelled up, uh, and there were some psychokinetic effects associated with that as well. So she seemed to become quite ill uh, on a few occasions, uh, and that seemed to cause the activity to occur, uh, which is quite strange. People talk about this as being a possible case of her being electrically sensitive perhaps, because, uh, you know, that's a whole other topic, the case of electric people and they're not only people who can affect electrical equipment, they also talk about being quite sensitive to, uh, you know, electromagnetism as well and, um, you, know, you know, in some cases being kind of allergic to electricity, if you like. Uh, so that could have been the possibility was Esther Cox as well. But, yeah, over the, over the weeks, uh, the activity intensified uh, and there are all sorts of weird things where they'd hear like rapping noises on the walls you know, the, the sort of plagued by all this activity that was um, sort of quite malicious in nature. At one point, the the poltergeist, because they started to communicate with the, the entity via these raps, uh, it threatened to burn down the house. Uh, and then they started to uh, have all these fires erupt in various parts of the house, which they had to then race around and try and put out. So the, the entity had the, the family members under a, you know, kind of constant state of fear. But I, I think it's such a fascinating case because, well, for a number of reasons, but um, Walter Hubble, his, his book on it is, is really fascinating. He talked about um, uh, the activity varying in intensity uh, was a 28-day cycle. Um, and so that seems to suggest that the activity was related to uh, Esther's menstrual cycle having that 28-day that, that period. And also the other thing too is that um, – she suffered a tremendous shock uh, just days before the activity erupted. Um, so she'd been seeing this young man named Bob, Bob McNeil, uh, and he had threatened to, you know, essentially rape her at gunpoint. Uh, and it was just, as I said, a few days after that that the activity occurred. So, you know, this really kind of lends support to the um, unconscious mind theory or subconscious mind theory, you know, which which says, of course, that it's a form of recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. So possibly, you know, because she suffered this tremendous shock, you know, it sort of triggered something in her subconscious uh, and that's what caused the, the activity to occur. But also, too, the, the, the activity was quite, you know, as, as I said, it was quite malicious in nature. You know, the family members really felt very much targeted 
by it. So it almost seems as though there was maybe some kind of, you know, intelligence uh, behind it as well that was separate from Esther's own subconscious mind. Um, So it's a really, really fascinating case. But one of the main reasons I talk about it is because of the, uh, the strange fires uh, because I mean that's that's a whole other topic as well, but that ties into spontaneous human combustion. Because once again, we're dealing with these very bizarre, you know, spontaneous fires. That uh, as, as I was talking before about, of course, SHC and poltergeistry. So there does very much seem to be a link between the two, and this case is sort of kind of demonstrates that that link exists. Oh, that's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, the uh, well, of course. Just spontaneous combustion is a known chemical reaction that mm-hmm. can happen with or without poltergeists being involved. Exactly. Um, and uh, the 28 day cycle is also, well, it's more like about, I think it's 27 days and some number of hours is the lunar cycle as well. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, I don't know if there's any science to it or not, but it seems to me that when you get to be around a full moon, there's a lot of crazy things that seem to happen that don't happen as often just the rest of the month kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I, I, the 28 day aspect certainly, yeah, could have, could have been uh, something to do with the moon. Um, but I suppose the very fact that the activity was connected to Esther. Well, yeah, you know, it, it seemed to like, didn't it sort of like tend to intensify or follow her around or something like when she would go away. And then when she came back, it would be like more, more uh, fierce than it was before. If, that, if, that, that's, that's correct. So there were a few periods there where she, she would leave the cottage uh, you know, and the activity would would essentially disappear, uh, and then she would come back, and then it would would intensify again and start up again. Um, and um, and she was actually, eventually, the activity stopped altogether. Um, but she was, um, you know, arrested in in connection with the burning down of a barn, um, and it was in. Um, I think it was you know, 1882, that's when she was married, she had a son. Uh, at that point, the activity or the disturbances ceased altogether. But, yeah, no, so it was sort of over kind of a two-year period, um, essentially, that, that it happened, um, really, or most of the activity anyway. Um, but, yeah, just a, a really fascinating case. All right, it is a fascinating case, and we've got a lot more fascinating goodies. To present on the other side, our special guest is Lewis Proud. On the other side of the world, you see that that's a magical thing that can happen. We could get Skype to work with me in America, Lewis on the other side of the world, and Randall in Calgary, but we couldn't talk to Bryce Abel in Los Angeles and Randall and me in the same connection. Go figure. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. 
We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Randall, it's your turn. Go ahead. Well, Gene, you might be able to help me out with this as well, because uh, like poltergeists and hauntings aren't my specialty, but it seems to me that there was another case I think it was back in the 70s where there was a woman who claimed to be followed around by some sort of a, a malicious entity and she would move to a completely different city and it would start there again as well so there seems to be this connection between poltergeists and, and hauntings and certain people where they follow them around you know i'm not a big expert on poltergeists you know i think of some of these movies where weird things were going on, Amityville Horror, stuff like that, based on a real event. Highly it, dramatized real events. Oh, well, you know, definitely. But you still, know. I mean, it, I've, you know, I've experienced strange phenomena that would fit the description of some sort of a poltergeist activity. So people definitely have these kinds of experiences of what the cause of them is. I don't know for sure, but what do you think, Lewis? Are we talking? Are we are we actually dealing with the people in some sort of an afterlife, or are we dealing with something else? Well, you know, once again, I think it, it comes back to the you know the subconscious mind, and I mean, this is the the leading theory is that it's some um, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. You know, essentially, as I said, it's it's that person needing to vent all of that anger and frustration 
was in the subconscious, they need to kind of externalize that energy, uh, if you like. Um, I mean, there are cases that do seem to indicate some kind of, I suppose, intelligence or that seems to be kind of independent of that person's mind, you know, and, and that sort of, that ties into, of course, the, you know, various spirit theories and that kind of thing. Uh, and that's a theory, of course, that Colin Wilson, the British paranormal expert, subscribed to. And he talked about, you know, he, he basically linked poltergeistry to spiritualism uh, or spiritism as well, which is is was kind of a basically a sort of a kind of French uh, version that then later spread to Brazil um, is apparently quite even and popular to this day. But you know, he was basically saying that maybe what happens is the teenager tends to be a teenager, of course. Maybe they're leaking energy, and then some entity, some kind of vampiric entity, then latches onto that person. And essentially, you know, uh, sort of uses that energy as sustenance and then, of course, also uses the energy to create the disturbances themselves, the, you know, the psychokinetic effects and so on. So that really kind of, that's really what the, the spirit hypothesis suggests. Uh, but, you know, once again, I, I, I kind of lean more towards the subconscious um, mind theory simply because I, I think it's, uh, well, it's got a little bit more credibility, I suppose. Uh, and we don't have to necessarily theorize that there are, you know, spirits and that kind of thing. And, and, and certainly, too, that it doesn't seem to be, um, you know, even if they are spirits or entities, certainly they don't seem to be the spirits of the deceased. You know, if we look at the claims of mediumship um, where, you know, supposedly some kind of um, deceased person speaks through a medium, you know, that there's really very little convincing evidence um, that it is actually that person who is communicating. Once again, uh, as I said, I, I lean more towards the subconscious uh, theory, the RSPK theory. That seems to make more sense to me than the idea that there is actually some sort of um, an afterlife because I can't figure out how that is in any way even possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best I can come up with is that maybe if this is some sort of a multiverse and that mm -hmm. it's created by some sort of a simulation, that there is yeah. some sort of a buffer that could hypothetically store. Uh, all of our information that makes this reality, including us, our mm -hmm. information. But then at, at best, then what you still end up with in an afterlife is reconstituting that person out of that information, which would make them a copy and not the original. So, but I mean, I suppose, you know, if you want to prepare to, you know, give your if there is such a thing as an afterlife, you're copied the best afterlife possible, then I suppose maybe we should still try to do better in this life so that our copy copy can have a better life in the next world. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah but, you know, even to it, let's say it is um, uh, related to other universes, etc. Um, you know, possibly it could be entities kind of pretending to be the spirits of the dead as well. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the Muslims, um, the Arabs, they talk about, of course, as I said, these entities called jinn, and they say that they're basically kind of trickster entities. They like to kind of fool with people um, and manipulate people, etc. cetera. Um, you know, and that's what I think is probably happening in the case of uh, mediumship where something comes through, pretends to be, 
you know, this person's deceased uncle or their grandfather or whatever, uh, you know, possibly it could be some kind of entity that's simply taking on the guise of a, of a deceased person in order, in order to simply because they're inherently kind of manipulative, you know, trickster-type beings and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, you know, once again, so it could have a, a, another dimensional origin, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're dealing with the spirits of the dead. Uh, you know, certainly it's there's no kind of compelling evidence that, uh, that there isn't necessarily an afterlife, or, or certainly not in the way that we conceive of it anyway. Uh, you know, so hmm, I like the way you think there, though. I really do, because hmm. say if we're dealing with okay, so let's just say we if we call it the jinn, hmm. if that's some sort of an entity, and it's not really from our particular level yeah. of reality or uh-huh. universe, we're still talking about some kind of an alien, or yeah. maybe we are talking about actual aliens from some other universe. Mm. And that's just the name they were given in history, and they're here yep. studying us, and mm-hmm. so they project these images out to us in these various kinds of phenomena just to study mm. our our psychology. You know, yep. if they because we can make it look like Michael Jackson is on stage with Frank Sinatra now, if we want to, and yep. they look real, three dimensional holographic projections. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you were to do that to someone. 50 or 100 years ago, what are they going to think? They're going to think that that's my dead grandmother. I see her. I recognize her. There's an afterlife. Mm. She's still alive. Of course, that's what those people are going to think. They're not going to have any clue that maybe mm. they're being manipulated by some third party. I I think you might be onto something there. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, that's an interesting take on it. And, you know, you're talking about them, you know, studying our psychology. Um, Perhaps too, you know, it's got to do with. Um, perhaps too, they're also kind of feeding off our uh, our emotions, uh, our energy as well. You know, there could be some kind of vampiric aspect to this as well. You know, maybe it's a a way for them to harvest energy, if you like. Um, you know, possibly wear a source of sustenance to these beings as well. I mean, <laughs> there could well, be some kind of cosmic. That's kind of like what studying someone psychologically would be like. You're, you're getting information from them. You're using their life experience to enhance your own. It's just yeah, yeah. done in a way that's more easily understandable in objective terms rather than putting it into the realm of some sort of mysticism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're we're sort of getting at the same thing here, probably just from from slightly you know different angles. Um, but yeah, there, there does seem to be kind of an exploitative aspect to the UFO phenomenon, to spiritualism, etc. Uh, you know, so humans kind of seem to be the fools, I suppose. <laughs> you exploitative. Know, are, yeah, that's actually yeah. the perfect word for it, isn't it? Because whether it's mm. UFOs or ghosts or yep. what have yep. you, it always mm. manages to stay just out of range, but mm. still enough that we have to say, yes, we've had these experiences. People definitely have had these experiences, but we don't know what they are, and we're not yeah. able to get the verifiable, scientifically valid material evidence to prove one mm. way or the other exactly what they are. We've got more yeah. to come with Randall, Lewis, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Yeah. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. If you feel you've been lied to, pressured, or misled into buying your timeshare, you have the right to cancel completely. This is Steve Sanchez, and I'd like to introduce you to Wesley Financial Group, the leading top-rated timeshare cancellation company in the country. That's right, no more excessive fees or lifetime commitments that make you feel like you're serving a prison sentence. Founded by CEO Chuck McDowell, a pioneer in the industry who went into federal court and won against the largest timeshare resort company in the world just to help you get out of your timeshare. Too good to be true? No. Countless testimonials and the highest ratings from the Better Business Bureau make Wesley Financial Group the real deal and their money-back guarantee they put in writing makes them the Steve Sanchez choice for successfully canceling your timeshare guaranteed. To get their free information kit, call 1-800-475-1919. That's 1-800-475-1919 or visit them at timesharecancellations.com. That's 1-800-475-1919. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You're sounding like a robot, Randall. Why are you sounding like a robot? I just do. Shall we continue? Well, you've got another book coming out too. You, this like volume one looks like it's definitely going to be a good read. So, what have you got for uh, plans for volume two? Um, yeah, so I'm currently doing research for volume two. Um, you know, I'm going to be looking more at uh, you know various multiverse theories uh, and sort of try and flesh that out a little bit because it's something I touch on in volume one, but I haven't sort of fully explored that possibility. Um, and I'm also going to be looking at mysterious uh, disappearances as well. That's another thing that I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, so, yeah, it's very much a work in progress. It's possible, too, that there will be a volume three. So I, I kind of want to continue on from where I left off in volume one, uh, you know, with volume two. So we'll, we'll see we'll see where it takes me. It's, uh, you know, it's very much a journey that I'm on, and uh, I'm not too sure exactly what's going to be in volume two, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, we've got a good start to it then uh, with some of the talk we've had on this show because, uh, yeah, yeah the, this whole idea of, of multiverses and intersecting planes yeah. of reality, this is really quite fascinating for me. And as you've mentioned, uh, even philosophers and scientists are taking this very seriously now. If you've mm -hmm. seen the As uh, Isaac Asimov Memorial Debate hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's one of the biggest skeptics out there, He's got a panel of physicists and philosophers who are serious intellectuals who are really seriously thinking that this could be the case, that we are living in some sort of a simulation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that, um, yeah, we have people like that. Um, and also, um, oh, I think there's, there's a few others who are quite famous intellectuals who, yeah, sort of do subscribe to the simulation hypothesis. I mean, that, that's basically stating that we're living in a, um, you know, that we could be living in some kind of giant hologram, that kind of thing. I, I would say probably more likely, I, I, I'm not too sure about that theory because, because they're really sort of, um, really kind of comparing, you know, this reality to, well, yeah, to some kind of computer simulation. So they're really saying that it's a completely artificial type of reality that we're in. It's an interesting idea, but I, I would probably lean more towards the theory that's, you know, that there's just, you know, many, many different universes, uh, different realities interacting, intersecting, etc. You know, so I'm not too sure about the simulation hypothesis as such. Um, but certainly the very fact that they're open to those ideas is is very telling. I mean, it, it really shows that, um, you know, yeah, the, these great minds are beginning to really sort of question the very nature or fabric of our reality, you know. And I think that's – it's amazing that we've we've come to that point um, where where even people like that are willing to kind of entertain these ideas. These are no longer kind of – fringe ideas anymore it's kind of like these ideas are kind of mainstream almost you know so i think that's that's fascinating that we've come to this point well yeah especially when you get looking at some of the computational cosmology simulations that huh. they're doing with 
these large supercomputers now. You can see galaxy yeah. interactions and where they've mm. got hundreds of thousands of bits that are that make up each galaxy and they can predict how they're going to collide and interact. It's like, well, who's to say that in, you know, a couple thousand years, we wouldn't have the computing power to be able to put together a, a reality, a construct, say, not call it a simulation, but call it a, mm. a constructed reality that would be indistinguishable from the one that we live in now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe we'll, um, you know, inhabit uh, or populate that universal reality, uh, you know, with, with beings like ourselves and um, run some kind of experiment on them <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Well, know? we're already doing that with, I think there's this, the brain project yeah. where they've actually mapped out every neuron in the yeah. human brain in order to study it for medical reasons, in order to track how the progress of different diseases and find cures. So I mean, it's just a matter of time, really, in in my view, before something like this actually happens. Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But what are you focusing on on now? Like, are you just uh, are you doing any talks or presentations or oh, mostly just radio interviews, that sort of thing? Or yeah, so I mean, I've been giving a, a whole series of interviews on uh, borderland phenomena. Um, so doing quite a few of those, but I'm, um, I'm not actually really doing any writing at the moment. I'm taking a little bit of a break from writing. Um, you know, I find that after writing a book, after working on a long project like that, you know, one tends to feel quite exhausted. Um, I will be making a, a trip to Florida, uh, in, in a couple of months, I'm going to be there. I'm actually going to go visit the, uh, the, you know, the, the apartment, uh, where Mary Hardy Reeser died from from shc so that that's going to be interesting i'm going to be making my first trip to america uh shortly so so yeah i will be in florida for for around 10 days and as i said i'm sort of loosely researching you know some of these these topics involving multiverses etc um but yeah i haven't actually started work on the book itself just yet you know i haven't started doing any writing um as i said i, I like to kind of disengage from the these kind of topics uh for a little, you know, take a little bit of a break uh, and focus on other things for a while. I'm also, uh, you know, I do a lot of like model making as well. So I've I've actually constructing a a model boat at the moment. So and uh, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. So I, I have a other interests. A lot of people think I'm I'm only interested in paranormal phenomena, which is not necessarily the case. So I, <laughs> I have a broad range of interests, and uh, yeah, you know. So I'm also uh, Focusing on drafting at the moment too. I've just uh, sort of having a career change. So I was previously working in customer service, and I thought, well, I want to do something different. Uh, it's interesting too because the drafting that I'm doing, of course, you know, it's it's involves geometry, uh, which is another thing that I'm going to be discussing uh, in, in in the next book as well. You know, sort of looking at um, you know, uh, yeah, other realities. I mean, you know. Th- like, for example, you know, what's referred to as the fourth dimension uh, and that sort of thing. Of course, that's also equated to time. Uh, of course, we experience time passively, uh, but there could be beings in other dimensions that have a better grasp. or They, they could be inhabiting the, the fifth dimension, for example. So for them, 
the fourth dimension isn't time necessarily. It's something that they can perceive directly. It's not something that they experience passively as we do. So, so that's another thing I really want to kind of uh, uh, get involved in as well and explore in the next uh, volume of Borderland Phenomena. Sure. I'm going to say this, which is probably not funny. Mm-hmm. The only way to get someone to return to the fifth dimension is to get them yeah. to say their name backwards. I don't know if anyone, I don't know if any of you know that connection from the comic books. You don't. Okay. Okay, the guy's name is Mixes Pitlick. That was a character in the Superman comics that was a mischievous kind of person with superpowers. See, it doesn't make sense. Lewis, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the Alt-Left Sanctuary State until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. President Trump has signed legislation that permanently reauthorizes a program that helps buy bulletproof vests for police officers. Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy came up with the program after four officers were killed in 1997. President Trump is mulling pardons. He's saying that he's going to hold off on making decisions about pardons for American troops that were accused by the military of war crimes. It's a little bit controversial. It's very possible that I'll let the trials go on and I'll make my decision after the trial. The most prominent of those, Navy SEAL Edward Gallagher. He's set to stand trial for shooting unarmed civilians and killing an enemy prisoner in Iraq. Presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg served in Afghanistan as a naval reservist. It's disgusting. An affront to the basic idea of good order and discipline and the very thing that we believe we're putting our lives on the line to defend. You're listening to USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144. 800-280-2144. 
800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in dermatology right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals. And they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I was hoping here that Randall would say the name The Paracast backwards. Talking seriously about the multiverse and stuff, Lewis Proud, and this is always interesting. Some envision a multiverse where each dimension, as it were, has our counterpart. There's a Gene Steinberg there, heaven forbid. There's a Lewis Proud. There's a J. Randall Murphy, etc., etc. What do you think? Um, I know that there's a theory that um, other universes are always splitting off, you know, at various moments. So there could be, for example, uh, you know, if we look at just flipping a coin, for example, this theory states if, if in this universe we get the result of, of, of it landing, you know, if you get heads, for example, then there's going to be another universe where it's tails, that kind of thing. So the theory is that, yeah, universe is splitting off at all these various moments. So there's basically just like a an infinite number of universes uh, where things have played out differently. So that would say that, you know, that would indicate that there are other versions of me, for example. You know, there could be a version of me where, uh, one particular point in my life, instead of taking one path, I, I took a different path, and my life could be completely different. So I think that's really interesting. Um, I know that it's uh, it was developed by um, it was Hugh Everett the third who came up with the theory. His son is named Mark Oliver Everett, who's the musician, who's the uh, the front man of the band The Eels. Uh, he's he's very talented. Uh, but yeah, Hugh Everett the third came up with that theory, uh, and that spawned so many. Um, Oh, so many science fiction movies and and that sort of thing. So maybe there are an infinite number of of universes populated by different versions of us, and maybe on some level we're actually sort of you know in communication uh, with those other versions of ourselves. So again, I, I think that's a really interesting interesting theory. But really, the theory states that those universes are distinct and discrete; that they don't interact. So once they do split off there's no interaction between them. Uh, whereas I, I'm, I'm sort of more inclined to think that there is some kind of interaction between those universes. And maybe that interaction is what gives rise not only to such things as 
uh, quantum spookiness, those kind of baffling quantum effects, but also, you know, paranormal phenomena as well. You know, um, that's really how I, I, I kind of think of these things. And, uh, you know, if we imagine in the case of UFOs or seeing a UFO or a ghost or something like that, we could very much be something that is kind of spilling over into our reality just for a very brief moment. We just kind of managed to capture a glimpse of that, whatever it is, uh, just kind of on the border of this reality. And once again, that relates to the the title of my book, Borderland Phenomena, uh, you know, which I think is a very useful kind of metaphor to try and understand these things. So, yeah. I think the first time I heard of the idea of like a um, an alternate universe where there's another another version of your self is in well i'm going to say it star trek this was back in late 60s i think an episode called mirror mirror and so what you had is the usual kirk and mccoy and spock and then you had their evil twin double gangers and they get mixed up in the transporters somehow and uh, find themselves in these completely opposite parallel worlds Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. I, I haven't haven't seen that particular episode. I, I, I must say, but um, I, I know that there's been episodes of um, I think even The Simpsons and Family Guy, uh, where they've kind of explored those uh, theories of of other dimensions and you know other other versions of ourselves, uh, etc. Yeah. No. It's very very interesting theory. You know. Once again, I guess who knows. But um. Yeah, well, it's been around for a while. I mean, the idea mm. definitely yeah. has been around for a while. So mm. it's funny how things in uh, science fiction tend to become science reality over time, too. It's just, it's almost like some sort of uh, manifest destiny of, in a way. Mm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Down there, it's, uh, you're, you're in exactly the opposite. You're in the winter months, aren't you, down there right now? Or do you even That's get it. winter? Do you get Taz snow in Tasmania? Um, yeah, look, it, it does get pretty cold down here. Um, well, it'll be autumn at the moment, uh, and I guess we're sort of heading into into winter now. So, yeah, it's, it's getting pretty chilly, and it, it's kind of, um, of course, there's the mainland, and then there's there's Tasmania below, so it's just a really just a little island, and we're just separated by the Bass Strait, uh, of course. Uh, but, yeah, we do have, like, distinct you know, seasons here, um, spring, summer, autumn, winter. Uh, on, on the mainland, of course, I mean, there's parts of Australia where, you know, if you go up north, for example, you know, Northern Territory, it's it's really just two seasons. You know, they have like the wet and the dry. So some very, very hot tropical parts of Australia. It's generally a very dry place. Uh, Tasmania is really the only part where um, – I suppose it's 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 a lot cooler, a lot greener, etc. We don't have as many bushfires and that sort of thing, and that that's part of the reason I like Tasmania so much. I guess it's it's kind of maybe a little bit more like Europe, you know. So it's it's really quite different to the rest of Australia. You'll be coming up to Florida uh, in the summer, for yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be very hot, I imagine. Um, and it's interesting too. It was uh, so I'll be there in July which is actually the same month that, uh, you know, funnily enough, that Mary Hardy Reeser uh, died. She That would have been the 1st or 2nd of July. I'm going to be there, you know, in, in sort of late July. Uh, but nonetheless, there's another little very kind of strange coincidence. Um, you know, I never, I never thought that I was necessarily going to be making the trip, uh, and I didn't know it would happen at that time of the year, of course. So, uh, so once again, maybe there's evidence there that, uh, you know, you focus on these things, 
they kind of do kind of manifest in your own life, if you like. You know, you kind of attract these things to you. Hopefully I don't succumb to SHC when I... Yeah, as long <laughs> as none of us start bursting into flames, we'll be good. Yeah. Well, it's been a pretty interesting discussion. If you had to add it all up in your own mind right now, mm. what's, what's it all about, do you think? Right. Okay. So, you, uh, I mean, this, this seems to be kind of a philosophical sort of question. Absolutely. Um, well, I think it's all about, um, you know, it's really, it revolves around, you know, the mystery of the human psyche, if you like, uh, you know, the human soul, the human mind, um, you know, that's really the ultimate mystery, you know, the why are we here, et cetera, uh, you know, what are we doing in this world? So I always, I always kind of come back to that. Uh, you know, and I, I reflect on my own life, for example, you know, so I think, I think really that's the most important thing. It's, it's about, um, you know, just trying to understand yourself really, you know, um, and trying to maintain good relationships with, with friends and family members. Uh, you know, so, you know, I know it probably sounds a little bit corny, but I, I think it all comes back to, you know, loving your fellow man etc you know that's that's how i look at it um and that's that's really the only thing that um that that sort of that's kind of real you know you got to focus what what is actually real what what remains or uh you know everything else is kind of superficial but that's the one thing that will always remain is you know the love between people etc so uh, that sounds a little bit corny but you know (laughs) No, not to me it doesn't, not at all, because really that's kind of what it's all about for us as human beings, creatures of consciousness in in this realm, whatever it, no matter what it is, it's real to us. And without other people and beings to recognize us and to relate to, uh, it would be a pretty empty and meaningless world, that's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, you it's just you know, in an everyday situation, I mean, there's there's moments where you can, uh, you know, you can be kind to people, uh, kind to other beings. I mean, I I try to not kill insects, for example. Uh, you know, just little things like that. I think those are the things that kind of really matter at the end of the day. You know, so um, yeah. You know, so yeah, you could say it's 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 about love and. Um, you know, as I said, that, that kind of connection between people, that's, yeah. that's, that's a beautiful thing. We have another, we have another connection guys in our okay. final segment, Lewis, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I'm going to talk about that robotic attitude of Randall this week. Strange, strange indeed. 
you know, we have so many mysteries here, Lewis Proud, and obviously you're dealing with more of them in your next book if you have a rest cure. And that mm-hmm. is, which you probably would need, as I would need, the way it is now. I was going to ask you here, do you think any of these mysteries, is there any chance, the slightest chance, will have a solution at hand? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, I think that certainly more money needs to be spent on, uh, you know, parapsychological research. Uh, and I think it's a real tragedy that that's not the case. So I, I kind of feel that maybe, so scientists are really kind of very much focused on the, uh, you know, the physical material aspects of reality, if you like. Things like out-of-body experiences and, and ESP and poltergeister, etc. Those sorts of topics don't really seem to be getting much attention these days, which I think is a is a great shame. They probably got more attention, you know, back in the seventies. Um, you know, even when like uh, you know people like Yuri Geller, for example, were being studied by uh, scientists. I mean, he was studied at SRI, uh, Stanford Research Institute, etc. And there was kind of a sort of a big boom in 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 parapsychology. A lot of interest by the public on those sorts of topics. And these days, that doesn't really seem to be the case. Um, I think maybe we're kind of drifting away a little bit, uh, maybe in a very different kind of direction. Uh, you know, we're, we're more focused on developing robots and, you know, artificial intelligence, etc. cetera. Uh, but maybe as a result of exploring those sorts of things, maybe once again, it will force scientists to, you know, sort of really look at the mystery of human consciousness, the mystery of the human psyche and that sort of thing. So so maybe we will kind of come back around and, and, and look at those things again. So that that's really my hope. I hope that we do come back to that same place because I think we're kind of maybe going a little bit backwards at the moment. Yeah, I think you're absolutely you know? right. In fact, that is taking place right now with mm. the move in towards artificial intelligence. When they're yeah. looking at AI, the whole question is whether or not intelligence equates mm. to consciousness. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be any link between the two that we can say for sure. Just because a machine can exhibit intelligence doesn't mm. necessarily mean that it has any experience of the world the way yeah. that we experience the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh- you know, the one thing I don't understand is, um, you know, transhumanists, they, they have this idea that, you know, if we can copy a person's mind, uh, then we can essentially, or, or rather that person can become immortal in a sense, right? But uh, but all you're doing is you're copying that person's mind. You're not actually, it's not actually going to be the person themselves, you know? So they have this idea that you can sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the brain is basically a form of digital kind of activity, or rather it can be reduced to, you know, just ones and zeros. Uh, and then you can kind of upload that person's or download that person's consciousness, or rather upload really that person's consciousness into another body, uh, which I think is a pretty crazy idea. I, I, whatever that person was, the the energy, the, the psyche, the soul, or whatever was there is presumably it has since passed on. It's it's gone other crossed over to another dimension or whatever. Uh, so really, you're just creating a digital copy of that person. So maybe this is kind of something that they will realize eventually. They'll try and copy people. They'll realize it's not really the person that's there, uh, that there is something independent of that um, that is immortal, that it can't necessarily be reduced to a stream of ones and zeros. Yeah, Or maybe it's not immortal, 
And mm. it just happens to be the case that the way that our yeah. body and our brain is made, that mm. it's the only way that we get consciousness out of it. In other words, yep. say something like uh, you could make, let's say, an electromagnet. Okay, we can use uh, windings and copper and electricity. All of that stuff comes together and you get a magnetic field. But if yep. you try to make exactly the same thing out of some other material, like, mm. say, wood or plastic, yep. it won't happen. It can look. You could make it so it looks exactly the same, but it mm. won't work because it's made out of different materials maybe that's just the case that the only way that we get consciousness to emerge out of a human brain is to have a human brain mm, and yeah. semiconductors and transistors just won't cut it mm -hmm. we might be able to get like you say all of that digital stuff mm. you know it might be a good copy some sort of a facsimile, but whether or not it can have the kind of experience that we have as real, the original human beings, we don't know. And yeah. until we can answer that, I don't think it's safe. I have to completely agree with you. I don't think it's safe to assume that we can upload ourselves into some sort of a mainframe. Well, you know, that's certainly obviates some of those science fiction concepts, but maybe the human brain is like a customized container for this consciousness and you need the right container just like you need the right box for some kind of electronic product you need the right kind of case for it to work properly you need the right kind of brain and if you don't have the right kind of brain then it will not happen you have to basically somehow duplicate in form and function the human brain even if by 3d printing or something whatever it is and then maybe just maybe you can transfer your consciousness. But of course, what some science fiction novels do is they transfer consciousness to a clone. Or they become duplicates of the original, and you don't want to go and risk your life going to another planet, so you send your clone. And you download your intelligence to the clone, it comes through the experience, and it returns at some point in time and uploads it back to you. But then what you would get, you would still be you, wherever you are. What you might be able to do, they might be able to transfer memory so that you would have a memory of an experience of something else or someone else. That might be possible. But to actually transfer you, Gene, as a person, as your living experience in this world to something else, that's still something that's... I think way beyond what people in AI are, are working towards. What do you think about that, Lewis? Same thing? I think we're all on the same page there. So we're on the same page. <laughs> yes. Okay, you can you can create a copy of someone uh, maybe that's indistinguishable from that actual living person, but nonetheless, it's, it's not them and they're not going to be having the same experience. Maybe they're not really going to have any kind of experience at all. There really is no kind of consciousness present. We're just sort of seeing a kind of program kind of act itself out, if you like. But yeah, I mean, that all comes back to the question of, of artificial intelligence. And, you know, I mean, could there be some kind of form of artificial intelligence that is so sophisticated that there is some kind of consciousness present? You know, as in the case of a person, you know, I mean, who knows? It's We, we have yet to see what will actually happen, where that, that research will go, what kind of direction or form it will take. 
Lewis Proud, tell our listeners if they want to find more about what you do, where do they go? Okay, yep. So I've got a blog, which is uh, louisproud.net. Um, also, I've got an Amazon page, and uh, I'm on Twitter as, le- as well, which is Louis Proud too. Yeah, and you can find my books, of course, through through Amazon and all good online bookstores. Yeah, and certainly people can contact me via my blog if they want to, if they have a paranormal experience, for example, that they want to tell me about. So lots huh. of stuff out there and interviews on YouTube, etc. So lots of lots of stuff out there um, about my work. Yeah, you can find us on. Twitter, look for the Paracast, look for the official Paracast channel on YouTube, look for Paracast fan clubs on Facebook, look for the Paracast.store for branded merchandise, go to plus.theparacast.com for the special premium version of this show, free of the network ads, enhanced audio, and the exclusive after the Paracast podcast where we have continuing interviews, special discussions, exclusive interviews. We feature William Puckett, UFO researcher, atmospheric scientist with new cases each week. Last week, he was talking about a new set, a possible new set of MJ-12 documents. Fascinating. Only on After the Paracast, check plus.theparacast.com. Lewis Proud, thank you so much for joining us on The Paracast. You're welcome. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's been a been a very interesting discussion. So I really really enjoyed it. So yeah, no, thank you once again. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>